world is clearly broken. We see what happened today, what that, those folk decided to do in London. The world is broken. I don't know if you've looked at the board out there. At Growth Group the other week, Bryce Crawford shared about a colleague. He'd asked this question, how do we fix the world, to his colleague. And his colleague had said, ban all religions. You want to fix the world, get rid of all religions, and that will do the job. Now, of course, that stings us as Christians the most. Of all the responses, that's the worst, because this guy's saying, you know all that stuff that you believe? That not only is not the solution to the problem, that is, in fact, the problem. And the Bible, of course, gives a very different view of the problem of the world and the solution. And we're going to look at that in detail in our life week in August. And I don't want to give away uh, all the answers, but that question is also in view as we look at the passage that we're about to look at here in Ephesians 5. In these church of prayers, we've been looking at this series of great transitions um, to focus our prayers, what we once were, what Christ has done for us in the gospel, and what we now are. Uh, I'm using these as a motivation for prayer, these great transitions in, in our, uh, from our faith. Uh, and we come to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. And you'll know if you've looked at it that Ephesians is a book of contrast. So in chapter 2, we're described as being dead, but we're made alive in Christ, that we were followers of the devil, but now we're followers of Christ, that we were objects of God's wrath, but now we're objects of God's mercy. Then in chapter 3, we were separate, but now we've been brought together. We were foreigners, but now we're family. We were far away from God, but now we've been brought near. And in chapter 5, Paul goes on to bring out the probably the starkest contrast there can be, and one that's amongst the richest in biblical imagery. Uh, and we're going to read that now in verse 8. You can look it up if you like. It's very short. I'm not sure uh, you need to, but here it is. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. So the contrast here is pretty obvious. What is more different than darkness and light? Darkness representing ignorance, error, evil. Light representing truth, righteousness, holiness. But Paul really puts his finger on the problem here because he says that you were, we were once darkness, not just in darkness. Although it's true to say that, and we hear that elsewhere in the Bible, here he's saying you were once darkness. So what is he meaning there? Well, if you go back a chapter into chapter 4 and in verse 18, Paul's describing those who were separated from God, the same condition that we had before we knew Christ, and he says they were hopelessly confused, minds full of darkness, hearts hardened against him. So the problem, he's saying, isn't just around us, isn't just our environment, it's inside us. We've got dark minds, we've got hard hearts. And Paul goes on to spell out what that means. The, the result of this, he says, going on, what, they wander far from life, no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. It's a pretty bleak description. Uh, and we don't like to hear that because we like to think we're not the problem. We're not the problem with the world. The problem is out here. The problem is our environment. And that's often what you'll see on the board. Fix this, change that, ban this, sack Donald Trump, get independence for Scotland. These things will fix the world. But the Bible is saying something different here, that the problem is in here. An independent Scotland won't fix our country. A good deal on Brexit, making America great again. None of these things are going to fix the problems of the world. The problem is inside us. We are the problem. It's around us, but it's also inside us. We are darkness. But now... You are light. Again, we're not just in the light. 
Although that, again, is true to say. We see that elsewhere in the Bible, that God has brought us from darkness into light. John 1, 1 Peter 2. But Paul is making a more profound statement here because he's saying you are now light. Just as you were once darkness, you are now light. And again, what greater contrast could there be than being darkness into being light? So not just our environment has been changed by what Christ has done, but our identity Liam was talking uh, last week, maybe a couple of weeks ago, about us reflecting God's light. And we see that image throughout Scripture as well, that we are like mirrors reflecting the light of Christ to the watching nations. And that's true. We see that in the Bible and we hear that. But Paul is saying something more profound here, that we're not just mirrors. Although not less than that, we are more than that. We're not just reflecting, but that light is inside us. The problem was greater than we could even imagine. We were the darkness. We were the problem. But the solution is greater still because we are not just mirrors. We are like God's glowworms. The light is inside us. And so how does this come about? Well, you are, he says, you are in the light. You are light in the Lord. So the, our union with God through Christ, we're united to the source, this God who is light, who created light out of darkness, who is the light of the world, who dwells in unapproachable light, who is so bright, he gives Moses sunburn, just spending time in his presence. When John sees the risen Christ's face, he says it's so bright, it's like the sun in all its brilliance, and he falls down dead, it's so bright. In the new heavens and the new earth, there is no need for sun and moon, because the glory of God and the Lamb give all the light that is required. That is the source that you are connected to in Christ. And in Christ, we're united to that. So we don't just reflect in our union with Christ. We are in, we are light. And so far from being the problem with the world, we absolutely are the solution to it. We are his light in the darkness. And so the challenge then is to live like that. So he goes on to say, live as children of light. Therefore, because of this, live as children of light. And so here we have to live out our identity. Here's what you are. Here's what you were. Here's what Christ has done. Here's what you now are. Therefore, live like that. And that, of course, could be a summary of the book of Ephesians. Here's what God has done. Here's what has happened to you in Christ. Therefore, this is what's expected of you. And how can this then inspire our prayers? Well, hopefully, in many obvious ways. Firstly, we want to say thanks. We want to say thanks to God for our rescue from the darkest depths to the highest heights in Christ. We were once the darkness. We were the problem. But now we are light. Uh, we want to pray for strength, that we can live out this new identity. We're still tainted by sin. We need his help to live out this new identity. It's hard, and it's hard because we live in a dark world, and so we pray for boldness as we display Christ to the nations. We live in a dark world where awful things happen, and awful things have happened this week and will happen next week and will continue to happen. And we need strength to burn brightly. Uh, and maybe you feel your light isn't all that strong, but do you know what? Your light is not your light. You're connected to the source of all light. And so we pray for grace to remain united to that source because that is, what, that is the light that we are giving off. And so we cling to Christ and remain united in him. And so we praise and thank God we were once darkness, but now, hallelujah, we are light in the Lord. Therefore, live as children of light.